This is Above Grade with J.S. Brown and your host, Bryce Jacob. You're listening to Above Grade, and I'm your host, Bryce Jacob, with J.S. Brown and Company. I'm here with Greg Hansberry. He's the producer of the show, and he's hey, my... Hey, hey. hey, you're our entertaining value. That's why you start with the hey, hey, hey. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, yo, I'm, yo, yo. <laughs> I'm trying to become the... Uh, informational uh, okay. part. And how would you do that? There. How would you start that this morning? Well, by keeping my mouth shut and listening <laughs> to you, I think it's a good start. You're the wealth of information. Right. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> as we always do, we, we talk all things construction in central Ohio and uh, I'm excited about our guest today. Yeah, you would be. I mean, I'm he's really one of excited. your most favorite people in the world. Um, well, the interesting thing is, is he's done such a good job on this this program uh, that we asked him back. Okay, good. And he graciously said he would. I know how busy a schedule is. Personally, know He's how busy, busy a schedule yeah. is. And to, to think that he would work us in a third time uh-huh. in a row. That's right. It's incredible. I can't even believe it. Our guest today, folks, is Bryce <laughs> Jacob of J.S. Brown and Company. <laughs> yeah, it's me again. Okay. Uh, it wasn't a lack of finding someone else, but we're, we're going to continue on well, because we were hitting a good topic here. And I think you talked about this uh, on a couple episodes ago when we did universal design for the kitchen. You actually teach a class about I do. this. So you know your stuff. <laughs> I mean, there's not a, there, there might be a better expert, but you're a pretty darn good expert on the idea. There, oh, sure. There are definitely better experts than me out there <laughs> on this stuff. But yeah, after uh, this is my 11th year now. Of teaching the universal design course through NARI, National Association of the Remodeling Industry, and I teach that to contractors nationally and even internationally now. So now oh, I, nice. I, I do it uh, um, out of my office. <laughs> so I do it through the form of a webinar. Very cool. I get to teach people, and then they get certified, and then they become better experts in the house and well-rounded with their designs, and and it's great. I've had a lot of fun with it because my background was in operating healthcare communities and. Um, Learned an awful lot about what residents go through uh, that are in the senior population, and uh, it translated into just good design for the home in general. Which, and you just touched on something that I haven't even thought of in, in universal mm. design: technology. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! The yeah. Wi-Fi stuff and and everything. I mean, you could you could Skype your grandkids from you know your bedroom. You can. <laughs> well, days. there's you can do anything from a smart device sure. these days. I mean, it's it's out of control. Uh, but, but it gives you a, all kinds of control. You know, when residents would move into our communities, one of the reasons, there are several reasons, but one of the key reasons was security. You know, they didn't feel secure for mom or dad living at their home anymore mm-hmm, alone. Sure. And so now with cameras in homes, the children can go ahead and check in and see how mom's doing. You know how we do with our pets? Right, I mean, it's right, a big brother. Babies, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but we have ways to check in on family and there's all those life alerts. You've seen those from a, you know, uh, can't fall and can't get right, up. Right, right, right. And so that was early adapting technology. But now there's all kinds of things that even rate, you know, your, well, rate your heart. Sure. And, and check your vitals and do all those things. There's an app for Crazy. everything these days, which is just incredible. But technology is something that's always advancing. And from a universal design standpoint, um, that is a part of what I've been teaching over the last 11 years that has evolved probably the most significant of Very all the cool. things that we talk about. And so we, you know, certainly we can chat about that today with everything going on. Um, but as we kind of were piggy t- pigtailing off of last, the last two weeks, we focused on kitchens and then bathrooms. And now I just want to kind of look at the house in general. And so technology is one of those things in general that you look at security, you know, 
Are, are mm-hmm. you familiar with the Ring? Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's that goes, the Nest product. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So when when you have your uh, doorbell ring, um, people you can see someone coming up to your door before they even ring your doorbell. You can see if there's a package on the step or who it was. Sure. It records that. It, you can look at it on your phone. There's some good commercials about that too. Right. You right. Know, yeah. To show <laughs> what the, happens. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the guy in the token uh, ski mask coming yeah. tiptoeing up to your door. Do do robbers still wear black ski masks? Um, well, in commercials they do because you can all relate to it, but I think they're a little more stylish these days because fashion has changed so much. So, okay. All right. So we'll talk about fashion okay, another okay, time. All right, okay. All right. We digress. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, with the universal design, you know, the, the definition, I'm going to give it to everybody again, just so you have it. If you missed the last two episodes, we covered it, but what, what universal design is, it's a worldwide movement based on the idea that all residential environments and their products should be easily used and accessed by all members of the family. This is a key part, regardless of their age, their size, or physical abilities throughout their lifespan. So this is where we talk about every generation. You know, earlier, early on when I was operating retirement homes, it was easier to focus on the senior population. But now I have kids and I, you know, I work with families that have all dynamics in their families. And I think about how that translates to design. It's a much broader uh, spans of folks that we're, we're, we're really needing to focus on than just an age group. So uh, the kitchens, the bathrooms, been there, done that. So mm-hmm. we won't focus right. on that. You want to hear about that, you better go uh, look at our archive of these things. That's right. You could binge, binge watch or binge, binge listen. listen. Yeah. Last two. yeah, thank you. <laughs> and um, so we've got just accessibility is a big deal. You know, I again, I think about the reason that people moved out of their homes was security. So we talked technology. There's the ac- access, just the accessibility from, I got steps to go up or, you know, I can't get out of my car and into the house without going up a bunch of steps to get in the house. It's uncomfortable. I'm afraid mom's going to fall or dad's going to fall at the back door. So th- homes are being designed differently. And this is something that even new home builders are getting on with. It's not just remodelers because we're looking at what's smart. You know, when we think of our cars, you th- think about your car for a minute. You know, when you, you get in your car, there's all kinds of creature comforts for mm-hmm. us, right? Yeah. To adjust your seat, there's a lumbar support. There's seat the warmer. Seat warmers. Yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> a little, it's that. like your bidet, right? Oh, yeah. So you've got your seat warmers. You've got all your controls within reach. All the, uh, everything on your steering wheel from your turn signal to. Your cell high, phone. You, you can everything. get it. Yeah. Your right. hands free. Right, every yeah. The technology that's in there, of course. You know, I remember my first car that I had, I had to reach out the window to adjust my mirror <laughs> and the, the other mirror, I'd have to have my passenger do it. Yeah, a little so more, a little more, no, 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 too far, too far. My dad a, a little bit more, your window. And not even watching the road, you right, know, driving, yeah, I just yeah. like, oh gosh. And, and same thing with all your mirrors, all your adjustments, you know, rolling a window down was literally rolling it down. You yeah. use that. Mode. By the time my kids get their driver's license, they're not going to know what that means. You know, how, how to roll a window down with their with their actual hand. Well, my, my kids are that way. They, they still can't even figure that I had a phone connected to a cord. <laughs> I can only go 10 feet. They're like, what, what does that even mean? Like, I don't, I don't even understand what you're talking about. I showed them an old phone. I had one of the, if you ever saw the show Silver Spoons, remember oh, that? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, okay. Yeah. Well, he had the, he had the phone that was the duck decoy. And went, quack, quack, yeah, quack, yeah. Quack. Well, I had one of those. Oh, yeah. I still have it. And so I, I broke it out and showed it to my kids, and they thought it was... Cool because it's a duck, but I was like, no, this is like a real phone <laughs> as well. That was just a yes, a it quacks, <laughs> but it actually is how the cords were and how the phones were. It mine just happens to look like a duck too. So uh, you know, the, and this, everything's very different, and um, our cars are different. But when we move into the home, 
we we haven't caught up with home technology the way we have with cars, mm-hmm. which is interesting because hopefully we're in our homes more than we are our cars. Sure. But we seem to enjoy those creature comforts more in our vehicles because we're in a seated position. Well, and you, because you go through them quicker. I don't know what the average is of a, mm. of a car. You buy yeah. maybe five or 10 in your life. I don't know. But at home, you don't think of it that way because you buy one and you go, well, this is it. This is how it's going to be for the rest of time. But that's not the case anymore. Yeah. And so as we're making changes in them, the, the basic things are what we're looking at from just access. Yeah, accessibility is really critical. We talked about it in the bathroom with the barrier-free shower, so right, you don't have yeah. a threshold to step over because it's the number one room in the home where more injuries occur than any other because we're slipping and tripping over things that shouldn't be there. But when you come into your home, the same thing applies. You know, how many, have you moved a lot? We've only had a couple homes, but five to 10 apartments, yes. Yeah, yeah. And so you've moved, you've carried furniture up and down stairs, up and, down stairs and through narrow and doorways and, and all through the, windows. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You've done all this, and all of us have been there at some point, you know, if you recall, and it's a painful recollection for most of us. Mm-hmm. But when you think about all those times we've moved into homes or we've had a refrigerator delivered or whatever it might be, or Ugh. new furniture delivered, and you watch these guys that are navigating the steps, bringing stuff in through your front porch or whatever it might be, the way homes are designed now, this is where it would be good to show some video of this. Um, they're having the front sidewalk have a slight slope built into the landscape. And so you have a barrier-free entry into the home. So there's a, there's no threshold. There's no steps. And, it, you know, some people are going, oh, gosh, it probably looks like a wheelchair ramp. You'd be surprised. It doesn't. You can make You know, it if they're cool. designed right and you look at the topography of the land and you, you look at how to set the home in that land and work that into the landscape plan, it's incredible what you can do to make it just look like it's a home. It's a beautiful home, and there's no steps going in Mm -hmm. the home. You put a barrier-free threshold in on your front door, and you can wheel a baby stroller in without waking the baby up. You know, my wife and I used to take our daughters out when they were little tiny things out for walks, and you'd come home, we were always so nervous because it'd finally get them to sleep. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, thank goodness we get a break. Maybe we get some wee time. And you come in the house and you're like, gosh darn it. Well, that's well, the thing that I, I've gotten, learned the most from the universal design that you've been talking. It's not just for the elderly who right. are retiring. It's all walks of life trying to make that your world a little bit easier and safer. Yeah. You know, I think about we do uh, several parties annually at our house and people bring stuff over and they bring coolers over and they're full oh, of all kinds perfect. of stuff. You bring a cooler and wheels right into a house without, you know, now carrying you're talking steps. my language. Yeah, now we know. <laughs> so you're welcome to our house. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that makes a difference. You notice it when you experience it, just like wheels on luggage. We talked about that. You right. know, if you, you don't, you're not going to travel again with, without wheels on your luggage. Right. You're just not, I mean, why would you go and buy a suitcase now that doesn't Those have wheels? Those big trunks you see in yeah. the movies. <laughs> <laughs> Those days are over. They're at the foot of the bed now with all your old sweaters and blankets in it. So you never use, but won't yeah. get away. away. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We don't travel with those anymore because you don't have the big luggage carts. And th- I mean, they're still at, at uh, hotels and, and airports, but we found an easier way to live with normal day-to-day stuff. So to that, that point you just made, this isn't just about wheelchair accessibility. A wide doorway presents the same challenge to someone in a wheelchair as it does to someone pushing a stroller or carrying a couch or carrying a box or whatever through carrying your groceries through a door for that matter. So, you know, as we're, as we're thinking about how to design spaces, uh, it was very common in homes to have a 24 inch door going into a bathroom. That's a, that's a narrow door. And I don't know why they thought that's the place to put What's a narrow the average door. average width of say a, a bedroom door? 
Uh, 32 inches. So, yeah, you're already yeah. You're cutting off. Yeah, you're cutting a lot. 30, 32 yeah, inches yeah. is pretty common in an older home. Today, you're seeing them at 32 to 34 very commonly, uh, more so, more mainstream. But, yeah, we see a lot of 30-inch doors, a lot of 24-inch doors. The bathrooms, I don't know if they thought, well, their clothes aren't in on when they go in the bathroom, so you need you a narrow six door. six inches of clothes on? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I know how you might. So it's, a, what is that, 50, 50 uh, layers of pajamas <laughs> yeah, or whatever right. it is. So, yeah, you've got, you've got all those extra layers on as you're going through a doorway. <laughs> but in a bathroom, no, you know, you're taking a shower or whatever it is. You don't have anything on. So uh, for whatever reason, though, but if you think about 24 inches, you can't even get a walker through there. You know, if if you have someone that just needs, needs an ambulatory aid, uh, even if it's a kid who's injured playing football, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a temporary injury and they need an ambulatory device. That happens a lot. Sure. You know, no one wants to talk about it because they're like, oh, that's not my kid. It's someone's kid. Absolutely. And it's temporary. And you're going up to a door frame and you're like, yeah, I'm on my, on my own from here. Can't even get through the doorway. It just Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense. Also, again, if you do fast forward to the point where you might have someone in a wheelchair, you're not getting in there. No. You're not getting in a bathroom. So, you know, we're, we're it just helping. It's so stressful. You know, now now you're imagining, I'm picturing that person who's trying to get out of the wheelchair. Yeah. Walk five feet to the bathroom and yeah, yeah. Just Well, you know, fortunately I haven't had to use really an ambulatory aid other than crutches. But even crutches going through a doorway because your arms are spread out and you're kind of awkward as mm-hmm. it is. You know, I've had that happen many times in my life because of soccer. Yeah, mm-hmm. Played soccer, I was always getting injured. And um, it's awkward in a bathroom when your mom has to help you at age 16 get into the shower <laughs> because you can't lift your leg. Oh, mom. Yeah, I know. Mom, stop. Oh, you're growing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm mom, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awkward. So, uh, you know, but having showers these days that are barrier-free, you know, it allows more independence for folks. And so... The phone doesn't ring as early to at the retirement communities when you can extend life in a home and spiritually for that person living there it makes a big difference mm-hmm. too. So it, it makes, I mean, I have a barrier free shower in my home and I, I love it, you know, and, and some people say, well, doesn't your water back up in your bathroom? I'm like, no, I keep my drain mm-hmm. clean, right. you know, like yeah. you should be doing in your bathroom. Right. <laughs> There's no difference. How hairy are you? So yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, there, there isn't an issue with getting water into a bathroom if you don't have a threshold. There isn't an issue with getting snow in your house if you have a properly designed barrier-free threshold. There's seals and all those things have been developed. Um, we'll have a guy in next week, uh, Mark Mason from APCO. You know, he, ta- he sells windows and he sells doors, you know, exterior products for your mm-hmm. home. He's got product lines that deal specifically with um, uh, ADA, Americans with Disabilities Act, but also just universally designed thresholds. So the garage is another area. You know, you heard me mention earlier the the garage and people coming into the garage is um, an area where you might have steps coming up into the house. Right. It's common because a garage was built lower than the home because you need more headroom in a garage. Um, but also a lot of the fumes, carbon monoxide, the gas, all the stuff that you store in your garage, uh, all those gases and everything, it's nice to exit because they're lower, heavier. So they're lower and they filter out of the garage when you open your garage door rather than going into into the home. Mm, okay. But now you can actually build a home with a garage slab that's flush with the floor of the home. And you open from your garage floor, go right in into the house. And uh, the doors are designed with a seal that's a vapor seal to keep all that stuff out. So you don't get carbon monoxide coming into the home and creating a problem. But, you know, there's doors specifically designed for that application. Code officials are going to look for that door if you Mm -hmm. have that application. 
So, you know, everybody's getting more mainstream with understanding how That's these cool. things get constructed. So when you do pull into your garage, you just get out of your car, you just walk right You're into right your there. home. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It sounds like it's a showroom cool. floor. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny. We go to the grocery store and they're not, the floors aren't wood framed. You know, it's concrete slab, but you go right from the parking lot and you walk through a door that just slides open like in Star Trek and get your yeah. cart and in you go. And you're not going with your with your carts anymore. Right. There's no one there to help yeah. lift your cart up up the steps into the store. I mean, right. you're, you go straight in. And so that type of technology isn't foreign to us. It's just people don't think about it in their own yeah. home, but it can be there. for And, and these days affordable. Yeah, and it's affordable because yeah. it's there's knowledge uh, on how to do it, how to build it. There's enough cases out there that it's not you aren't reinventing a wheel at this point, even residentially. So, you know, it's pretty exciting when we get to have a homeowner that is forward thinking enough to say, let's let's do something like this. Sure. So cool. that brings me to a good point where we could do the, tip of the week. The, you know, yeah, I like it. I think it's time. Let's do it. It's time for the tip of the week. Planning for the future is something that we do in the present, so it's hard to know what our future holds. When it comes to our homes, future planning should involve anticipating how your home should serve you. As hard as it may be to do, imagine what life would be like if you were not as physically fit as you are today. Would your home design need to change? If so, now is a time to plan ahead so you can enjoy life at home today, tomorrow, and well into the future. And that is your tip for the week. And hey, now can we go back to our guest? Please. Yeah, you know, uh, I, he just stepped out to go to the bathroom. Hang on. No, no, he, he's back. He's back. He's back. All right. Hey, how's it going? Just needed a quick break. Okay, How good. was the tip? It was great. It was great. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Bryce. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I know. We'll do anything for a little entertainment around here, won't we? Okay. So where, where should we go from here? Uh, other things that we're doing in homes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, this goes in alignment with the trends that are happening with people opening space up. You know, everyone wants big, wide open spaces, and that really benefits universal design a lot because we want clearance and we want accessibility. Those are big, big hot buttons with universal design. And the more walls we take down, the more accessibility we have. So wide doorways, wide hallways, passageways, when you think about your wayfinding in a home, how easy is it to get from point A to point B without obstructions, without narrow hallways? It's difficult for us as remodelers when we're dealing with a home that may have narrow hallways. And we're saying, hey, we could make these hallways wider, but it impacts so many things. There's usually duct work in the walls. There's always electrical. Right. You may have plumbing in a wall. You've Warring. got the floor to deal yeah. with. You've got the ceiling to deal with. Uh, there's a wide, structurally, it might be a load bearing wall. So as you're looking at those, those factors, sometimes it becomes cost prohibitive to do the things that we would recommend in addition to all the other things that are going to be beneficial in the home. But if you're building new space or you're adding on to a home, there are certain rules that apply for making sure that you've got plenty of width in hallways, for clearances, again, carrying a bed frame down the hall or a dresser down the hall. You know, we've all hit the wall and gone, gosh, darn it. Right. Now you got to patch it and paint it and the paint's not going to match. Now I got to do the whole hallway. I just dripped all over the baseboard. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just. It, the it's, mattresses are the worst. Luckily, they don't scratch up the wall, but. The box frame does. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. When you got to so, turn the corner. Oh, man. 
Yeah, it's tough. So when you think about all the things that we do as as infrequently as moving might be for some of us or changing your bedroom furniture out or whatever it might might be, it still is enough to think how do we how do we create space for clearances to make make us easy? How do you make sure there's good egress from the home in the case of an emergency? You know, you don't want to make the doorway so tight or narrow that someone's got to take a lot of extra time getting through it or whatever it may be. So, you know, having good exit points in the home, having, you know, that safety aspect we talked about earlier. Safety isn't just from a security of people breaking in. It's how safe would it be if he needed to get out. Right. That's interesting to think about, too. Okay. So uh, other things, natural light. This is another one I had on my hit list of things to, to talk about with having a lot of natural light and, and then just accent lighting. You know, I, I think I told you this so many times. People have dark kitchens and it's because they have stained cabinetry and they say, well, I want a white kitchen. You know, I want a bright kitchen now. And so give me white cabinetry and they go to the extreme. But so oftentimes it's just poor lighting. It might be poor natural light. It's also poor task lighting, just right. general lighting, overhead lighting. So many times there's a light fixture in the ceiling in a kitchen and dark cabinets. And you go, it doesn't matter if you had white cabinets and one light fixture, it's still going to be dark in here. You can't fix that without addressing the lighting. So lighting is so important that we deal with in universal design because it's passive, it's pathway lighting, it's task lighting, it's general lighting. One of the things that happens, and man, I'm realizing this really harsh over the last year, my vision is starting to really change. And uh, I've never worn glasses never worn contacts. I've been really fortunate at my age to not have to have anything sure. uh, to, to help. However, I'm starting to wear these little uh, reader glasses. Uh, you know, they're just the plus ones or whatever they are. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> my girls give me such a hard time. We do it. need a YouTube camera right now to see the you can see uh, my, look, look of sulking. disappointment yes, on your face <laughs> I'm really right sad. <laughs> I always told people I was, I was a fighter pilot. I wasn't, but I told them that been. because my vision was so, and I yeah, should have been. My gosh, everybody. I can see everything. Now, from a distance here, I'm looking out your window. I can see people in the house, you know, across that field. Uh, you know, I have really, really good vision. Kitchen. But boy, reading things up close and... Start. I have more. I need more light in rooms, and um, you know it's something I always walk into the room. My girls are doing their homework, and it's like <laughs> there's no lights on. Right. And I go, girls. I sound just like my parents. Turn the lights on. Hey, you can't work without any light. I'm like, I don't need any light. I'm fine. And that's exactly what I hear come out of their lips. I'm like, gosh, I was a pain back then. And then when <laughs> you want them to turn this. the lights off, they don't. Right. No, I, yeah, exactly. They leave <laughs> lights on in rooms they're not in. And then the rooms that they're in doing their work, they have very little lighting. And, you know, I just, uh, in, in my, um, my oldest daughter actually wears, wears glasses. And a lot of it is she's been on a computer since she was in sure. kindergarten. And she's been staring at a screen ever since she was little. She's 16 now. And so the last 11 years, everything, every ounce of homework she's ever done has been online. Mm -hmm. It drives me crazy that they don't know how to do a project anymore that isn't computer based. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, that's a whole nother you are topic. You into an old man. I know. <laughs> I just <laughs> threw my shovel at someone driving too fast down my street. <laughs> hey! So <laughs> no, I didn't do that. But you know, I, it's hard to see these days. Gosh darn it! I, I, I want more light. And so as we're talking about universal design, I get it because people that develop visual impairments, whether it be glaucoma or just they're getting old cataracts, like I am, cataracts. Yeah, yeah. The lighting is so important that 
this was something that used to happen in our retirement communities that was really interesting. We had beautiful carpet. And, and those of you folks that know this company, it was Carrington Communities. That's now Sunrise Assisted Living. It might even change hands again for all I know. But um, there, there was uh, one of the homes that I operated was down on uh, Riverside Drive, right okay. down in, in Upper Arlington. It was right on the river there. And gosh, this was years ago, back in the 90s. And we had beautiful carpet. It was burgundy. You know, these are the colors back then. Burgundy and hunter green. Oh, yeah. And then we had inlaid flower prints of mustard color. And so we had all these colors. And my residents would be walking down the hallway, and they'd be moving along. And anytime they'd come to one of these color bands that was inlaid in the carpet, they'd stop. And I didn't know what the heck was going on. I was like, well, what are they stopping for? And they'd extend a foot out, and they'd feel out in front of them. And they'd realize there wasn't an elevation change. And then they'd keep down there on their little mission of going down the hallway. And they'd stop at the next one. And they'd stop at the next one. And you're like, oh, they have dementia. And it wasn't. It was they visually couldn't tell the difference in the color change, whether it was an elevation change or a pattern change. Interesting. And, and uh, you know, certainly um, residents that had been there long enough learned that there there weren't any elevation changes. But our new residents that had visual impairments. So we changed the carpet. You know, we, we started realizing this and we learned from it when we went, you know, th- th- we, cool. we've got to make this easier for them to live in these communities. So while to us, it felt more bland that it was one monochromatic color pattern all the way through, it was better for our residents. It's not like a hotel where, yeah, where you want the, 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 the fanciest, nicest looking carpet. You want it to be practical. Yeah. And I'll tell you, you know, there are a lot of hotels. If you see older clientele come in, that throws them off. It it isn't just in a retirement community. It's everywhere. So when we do this in our own home, we have hardwood floors and we have a step, you know, sometimes it's, it's good to show a contrast in the floor or have that threshold be stained a different color or the riser painted white or something that allows someone with a visual, visual impairment to pick up hey, there's something different here. Maybe there is an elevation change because if you blend it, you stain the carpet dark, you stain your riser dark, and you stain your treads dark, you're going to trip because yeah. you aren't going to see it. So all those little tricks and what we put in the floor and the type of flooring we use and where we, we use it, you can use it to actually highlight things that are of risk. And then if cer- certainly if there isn't any risk, you might want to keep the color more consistent. So Interesting. fun stuff, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, there's yeah, a lot I mean, of neat product right. out there. You just don't even think about this until you're in that world. That's crazy. Yeah. there. I mean, there are so many things to, you, you know, we, we learn from experience, right? And we see what, what has tripped people up and you go, oh, that's an aha moment. I mean, we need L- to fix that. Literally and figuratively yeah. trip people up. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Now's the time for the background <laughs> drum. <on. laughs> the groan. Uh, yeah. We haven't had a good groan this week. <laughs> we haven't really. Yeah. Oh, you're just used to me. <laughs> you used to groan real easily. Now you're like, now yeah, like, that's uh, just price. Just keep going. Yep. So, oh, and then the last thing I want to talk about, and then I'm going to have a guest on coming up just to talk about this specifically, are elevators. Yeah, you mentioned this in, uh, I think, uh, the episode with uh, kitchens. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I'm anxious to hear a little bit more about this. Yeah, elevators are something that, you know, I remember as a kid hearing about elevators in a private residence, and that right. was like the Biltmore Estate, you know? And there was a, uh, in Toledo or Sylvania where I grew up, there was uh, the... Um, Oh, shoot, what was it? The Stranahan Mansion. And that was at Wildwood Preserve. And that's this big mansion that had been there. And this uh, huge property was turned into one of our natural parks, Wildwood Natural Park. 
and the mansion still sits there and in the you can tour it and they had it was so cool i remember going through that thing and there was a rifle range in the basement wow, and i mean it's cool. up perched up on this uh, ridge overlooking the river and everything gorgeous and they had an elevator and I just remember going, wow, I mean, how rich were they to have an elevator? Rich, and rich, a lot of people yeah. still just think that. Interestingly enough, the cost of putting an elevator in your home is about the cost of moving from your home. And that cost of moving and what you pay in realtor fees, what you pay moving companies to pack all your knickknacks up with loving bubble wrap, put it in boxes and ship it to the next address. But there's, there's this cost where some people say, I'm going to have to move. And, you know, many of my residents that moved into our retirement community made that choice to move. And the cost, I can tell you, in a retirement community is exorbitant as, as well. And it was private pay. So they're paying a tremendous amount of money per year to live in our environment where they could have taken some of that money, put it in their home, and stayed there longer, extended that period of time, mm-hmm. and enhanced the value of the home if done right. So an elevator... You know, is anywhere from thirty to fifty. Can, they can go up. You know, they can certainly go up from there. Thousand dollars to put an elevator in a home, and I've done them where they're quite a bit more than that because of the complexity of and the number of stops, how many floors were going up, sure. and then how you trick out the inside of it. You know, <laughs> and the outside <laughs> yeah, of it. I mean, yeah, you yeah. can you can really make an elevator look stunning. Cool. Or you can have a very practical. nice practical yeah. elevator that gets you up and down the floors between, you know, the, the levels of the home or you can still use your basement. You can still use the first floor, second floor, stop in the basement. You know, I've done many four stop elevators where the there's a stop in the basement, so that's one. There's a stop at the garage, which is two, a stop at the first floor, which is three, and then a stop at the second floor, which is four. And so you've got all these stopping points. Elevator doesn't care, you know, what days in, what man. button you push. Right. And it just is going to go to where the, where you've set it to stop. So, um, you know, there are several things you have to know. Obviously, you need a path that's stacked. Right. They, they don't have the elevators that go up a floor and then over. But they're they're very possible to do. And, well, and a lot too, of folks just don't know enough. Or they Again, like I just keep going back to, you, you know, your head thinks an elderly person. But, for example, if there was um, uh, a, a child who needed to, to use a handicap accessible elevator, but you don't want to move because of school districts, you don't want to move because of, uh, you know, friends and family and location, that's, right. a, that's an amazing option as opposed to having to uproot everybody. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So there's more nuggets. I mean, yeah. I can go on. I teach a you know, eight-hour class. We've only covered, you know, an hour and a half maybe of topic. So I can keep going if you want me to, but I have a feeling our guests probably have other things they need to be doing, like listen to the next great episode or a past <laughs> one. They want to binge listen today. That's great. But uh, I want to just take a minute and, uh, to thank our guests for coming in. And, yeah, uh, thanks. So I'm really, really happy I, I came. Uh, so as usual, you know, you can check out some of our projects at jsbrowncompany.com. Check us out. If you got a project in mind, you know, be sure to call us. We'd love to work with you. We have as much fun working with our clients as we do on the show, believe it or not. So, uh, you know, we, we've got a good, knowledgeable people over at J.S. Brown Company. So give us a shout if there's anything we can help you out. We're happy to talk to you and um, do your next project. So otherwise, you don't have to call us. You just listen to the show. We'll give you juicy nuggets every week. We do this uh, every week. We've been doing it about nine months. We'll continue doing it for the next nine months. So certainly uh, you're welcome to contact us, shoot us an email. You can do that by going to abovegrade at jsbrowncompany.com. And uh, we may have you on the show if you send us enough juicy information. And maybe we won't either if you send us too much juicy information. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be our decision, right? (laughs) Uh, But when you're on iTunes, subscribe to our podcast because that's very helpful to us. And you can rate and review us right there. And 
that helps other people kind of um, discover the show. So it's, you're kind of helping spread the love of uh, Above Grade when you do that. Yep. I, I appreciate you plugging yeah. that each week because that's new to me. And I just like doing the show for educational purposes. But I guess that's what people do these yeah, days. You yeah, rate and review us and yeah. give us all that. So, yeah, please do that. But until next week, this is Bryce Jacob. And it's Greg Hansberry. We're signing off, wishing you a great week to build from. Above Grade is a Columbus Radio Group production and produced by me, Greg Hansberry.